0: There, there's something happening in our world right now. Uh, the world is, is has gotten, I mean, there's a lot of division, but really what's happening is those that stand up for traditional values that are really, really fed up with political correctness are pushing back. And it's happening worldwide. And I believe the church needs to lead the charge. How many of you are ready to put God back into the dialogue, put Jesus back onto the streets, Put Christianity back into our schools and quit being intimidated by the rhetoric that has attacked us for so long. And um, as I wrote this book, it just exploded in me once again. This is truth. Our message doesn't have any competition. What we have, what we've been given by God is God's answer for all of mankind. We should never be ashamed of the gospel. We should never feel like the gospel is is not modern enough or hasn't kept up with the times. It's still God's answer for man's greatest problem. And if they solve every other problem on earth, which they won't, they still need to solve the sin problem. And Jesus is God's answer to the sin problem. That's what we have to offer the world, and it's the most important thing, it's the most valuable thing, and it's our treasure that we carry in earthen vessels. I want you to be excited about the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know why he said that? Because the world wants you to be ashamed. The devil wants you to be intimidated. The devil wants you to buy into this lie that, that we have this this inferior message, this this outdated message that it's not really part of modern life it's not necessary yes it is necessary Jesus is God's answer Jesus is Lord Jesus is the Savior Jesus is the only way to God I'm not going to tell you and I don't like it when the impression is left upon people that all roads lead to God well they don't the sin is a problem, and God did do something. You know, there's this question that, that these um, agnostics ask. They say, well, uh, you know, if there is a God, which that's a statement, if there is a God, then why is all this evil in the world? And why doesn't he do something about it? Listen, there is a God, and he did do something. And he, he, he did something, and his name is Jesus. Now, that's God's answer. Whether people like it or not, that's beside the point. There is an answer. I'm just glad there's an answer. How about you? I'm glad there is a way. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm glad there's a way. I wasn't sure for a while. I wasn't sure there was a way. I felt guilty. I didn't know if I could ever feel forgiven or right, but you can through Jesus Christ. So let me, as I wrote my book and I finally got to the end of it, After having rehearsed these things slowly as you have to do to write them, I was overwhelmed by the the logic, by the love, by the the sacrifice, and the power of our message. It's incredible. And I want you to sense some of this today because, listen, what we have to offer the world has no equals, It, it has no competition. It makes more sense than anything else out there. It really does, and in many cases, science has literally caught up to the Bible. In other areas where they disagree, they will catch up, because the Bible is true. This is not some kind of fantasy for weak people. Christianity's not a a religious crutch for people that need some help to get through life. This is truth. It's real. It is, it is the answer to man's most important questions. Let me get. Let me read this. The gospel answers the most important questions and it gives insight into the meaning of life like no other explanation on earth. It begins with the creations, creation of the heavens and the earth and it ends with the Father God living in the midst of his family in the new heavens and the new earth. The events in between make up the greatest story ever told. It's a mystery and an adventure. It's a romance and a tragedy. It's a love story about a God who would not give up on his dream, no matter what the cost. It's filled with special effects, twists, and turns that are unexpected and surprising. It includes heroes and villains, and it has an ending that goes beyond the imagination. We don't even know fully the ending that God has in store. for. We know heaven, but we don't... Eye has not seen an ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, if God had given you a blank book and said, you write what you want me to do for you, we wouldn't have done a half for ourselves what God's done in his word. He is going to spend eternity blessing our socks off. That's what he wants to do. The point that God is going to make out of all of this is is this is what I do to the people I love. And it's going to be astounding. Aren't you glad you're in? These gospel truths serve as an anchor for the soul. They give a sense of direction and purpose in a world filled with challenges and uncertainties. The great mysteries of man's origin and destiny are masterfully answered in the pages of God's word. As he reveals where we came from, who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. The gospel restores dignity to humanity, and it lifts man from the bondage of sin to the very right hand of God. Isn't that right? Humanism reduces people to animals. The gospel lifts us up to the right hand of God. There isn't anything, there's nobody more pro-people. It's it's so hypocritical for For people out there to be saying, you know, how divisive and mean God is and God's word in Christianity, there's no one more pro-people than God. He's not a racist. He doesn't discriminate. And he wants to lift people out of sin into his presence. And as Christians, we need to realize it's it's not us versus them. It's not one group versus another. It's the devil against humanity. And the only way to get free and to win that victory is through Jesus Christ. I will never apologize for that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I went to Russia. You may remember this. I I raised money for about six months to go to Russia in September of 1993, uh, 92. And I spent a month there. And our church at the time had spent. Done a lot of crusades and they started a Bible school. For seventy-five years the Russian people had been told there's no God, and then the Iron Curtain fell, communism was in tatters, and the the whole Soviet block opened up to the West, and in came the missionaries. And I was able to go and and I went for a month to teach in the Bible school. Our pastor Billy Joe Darty, every month for 18 months, would hold a crusade uh, back in that time frame, and hundreds and, and even thousands of Russian people would run to the altar to get saved. And in the process of that, they started a Bible school, and when I went, uh, they asked me to teach in the school, morning and evening, for a uh, one month. Well, there was no question, I, I, I was going to teach redemption. So I went in, and, and uh, I wasn't prepared for what I saw. The classroom was packed with people. You can't even imagine. They had been told their entire lives that there is no God and that we were their enemy. And all of a sudden, they realized those two things are not true. And they accepted a God they really didn't know anything about. And now they've come to find out, what is he about? What does he want? What is? What have I gotten into? And I was able to go from the beginning and teach redemption to people who'd never heard it before. You can't even do that here. Uh, It's very difficult to find people with no religious reference here. But there it was like a complete blank slate. And I began to talk to them about God and about how God created and how man fell and how Jesus came and how God has redeemed us and forgiven us and how God loves us. And as I went through that day after day, they sat on the edge of their seats they had tears in their eyes. And I was once again overwhelmed with this message. And as I was teaching people who'd never heard it before, I kept thinking, this is so good. I, I don't know. I, I, I never heard anything so good. D- did you know the gospel is is is, is beyond your... God loves you. And they wept. I could have told him anything. I could have told him God doesn't like you. God wants you to serve him and do right or he's not going to pay any attention to you or you've got to go through a probation period or hellfire. I could have told him anything. But, but, but the truth in the gospel, the truth in, in, in the epistles, the, the, the truth is God loves people and he's done everything necessary so that we can get free from our past and live with him. Forever with no condemnation. They wept. When every class was over, they rushed to the front. They hugged me. They kissed me. They gave me little flowers and they had no money. They'd get a postcard and they'd bring it and they'd give it to me. And they'd say, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I was overwhelmed every day. And I thought, I don't even deserve to stand in front of people and say such things. How come I'm here? I don't understand. This message is so holy. It is so awesome. It is so powerful. Angels ought to be preaching it. But they don't. God said, you go. You preach the gospel. You tell them. Jesus did it because we couldn't do it. But he let us, He gave us the privilege to share it. And there's nothing better. Can you say amen? I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't realize how fortunate you are, you know people get kind of on a tangent and they say, "Well, the Bible, what about the dinosaurs i don 't know about the i don 't know i don 't care. <laughs> so, what about aliens? The bible doesn 't say anything about aliens i don 't care, but i 'll tell you what it does do it 'll tell you where you came from that 's helpful. Did you know if you discovered an alien? it wouldn 't really be that helpful unless he offered to pay your taxes or something I mean what 's it going to do? you oh good, I found an alien." But you find out in the Bible where you came from, why you're here, who you are, what God wanted, and, and where you're headed. I mean, how, how much more? Did you know the world can't answer those questions? And the answers they've come up with are stupid. Yeah. That's right. And I'm pushing back. I, I, as I have got into this, once again, I realized, you know what? This is logical. It's systematic, it's chronological, it makes sense, it answers all these questions, and I hadn't heard anything out there that makes any more sense, and they they want us to make, make us feel like we're fanatical, that we're we're mentally weak, that we believe fantasy, and they believe those things they believe. They don't even know what to believe, and, and I don't even know how they deal with death. I do not understand how they can even, and they just put it out of the have to, because uh, this is the uh, the gospel gives us the real answers to life's most important questions. Go with me to Genesis one one. I don't know what time it is. Uh, we're going to try to get to Revelation. You think we could do it? That was a nervous laugh. Uh, <laughs> that was a nervous laugh, but let me put you at ease. I've been traveling long enough to know. You can't do it all in one service. Aren't you glad it took me 20 years to figure that out? <laughs> you can't do it all in one. So we won't try. But we're going we're gonna to give it a good shot. Are you, are you ready? Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you. I guess I've meditated on that verse. But I like that verse. That verse just makes me happy. That verse answers a lot of questions right there. If people would just believe that verse, they could relax. You know what I mean? God did it. And God didn't make an accident and he didn't make it inferior and he didn't make it to run out of oxygen or run out of ozone or he didn't make it so that global warming would ruin it and flood it out and kill everyone. God made it. And a lot of the problems that people are trying to solve today the reason they think there's a promise is because they don't believe Genesis 1-1. They don't believe God did it. Because if God did it, he took all this into account. In the beginning, God. I just love the way, you know, uh, God, let me just say this. God didn't hide himself so he couldn't be found. He hid himself so he could be found by people that look for him. And he didn't waste any time in the Bible if somebody really wants to know, where did everything come from? What's, the, what's behind all this? He went ahead and put it on the first page, first chapter, first paragraph, first verse, just to settle the issue, answer the question. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I don't have time to go through all the scenarios that they've come up with since. But let me just tell you this, that makes more sense than all the rest of them put together. And I'm tired of the world trying to make us feel like we're uneducated and we're, we're archaic if we believe this. This makes sense. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'm glad he did. Go down to verse um, 14. Then God said... We're going to hit some high spots here. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give what? Light where? On the earth. To give light on the earth. So he put the, he, he had the earth and he put the stars in the sky or the, firm, the the planets, the galaxies to give light on the earth. That's an important point. Verse 16, then God made two greater light, great lights, the greater lights rule the day, the lesser lights rule the night. And he made the stars also. God set the stars, this is verse 17, in the firmament of the heavens to do what? To give light on the earth. As far as we can tell, in the Bible, the universe was created to support the earth. Now, that doesn't fit into modern thinking. But if you read the Bible, it pretty much tells us that God created all this for the earth. Now, that doesn't make me nervous. That makes me happy. But I was a young person in school. I remember a teacher telling me this. Uh, She said, we would be selfish and narrow-minded to think in this vast universe that the earth is the only inhabited planet. Well, being eight years old, I didn't want to be selfish and narrow-minded. So I thought, okay, fine with me. But the Bible says nothing about any aliens on other planets. The Bible says nothing about life anywhere else except here. And it gives the impression, I'm not saying there's absolutely no chance, but I'm just saying if they are out there, the Bible didn't say it. In fact, God gives the impression that the universe itself was created to support the earth. Those stars, those galaxies were put there to give light on the earth for times and season. Did you know if it weren't for, you can't just have an earth, you got to have somewhere to put it. And if it weren't for the stars and the sun and the moon, and the star, we wouldn't know what time it is. It would be like being in a dark closet. You wouldn't know. But God put all this out there, and that doesn't make me nervous one bit. Did you know NASA discovered a space rock? And I was reading it just the other day. They discovered a space rock that's right out of our reach. We can't get it. But, but it's 100 miles across in diameter, 100 miles. And it's full of precious metals. And they said if they could get that rock to the earth, it would ruin the world economy. Because there's so much precious metal in it, it'd make gold worth nothing. I wish I could get a piece of that rock here. And you think, well, how did that get there? I'll tell you how it got there. Let's just go back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he just put a rock out there that we would find and go, that's worth more than all the money in the world. And God said, I know. So? I didn't have to get permission to do this. Do you know God didn't have a board when he created the heavens and the earth? He didn't have a budget committee. He just started creating and he had unlimited resources and he just went wild. He made a universe that's so big we can't even see to the end of it. Why? Because he's God and he can do what he wants to. And he did all that as far as we know to support planet earth. Does that make you happy? Make makes me happy. Now, go to Romans 1, Romans 1, and we're going to come back to Genesis in just a moment. But Romans chapter 1. And let's start in verse 20 for since the creation of the world god's invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made did you get that you can look at creation and you can see the attributes of god even his eternal power and godhead you know it took a lot of power to make the universe it took a lot of creativity a lot of resources So what he's saying here, now, these are not my words. This is the Bible. God spirit wrote the Bible. He said, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who's they? People who don't believe in God. Verse 21, because although they knew God, They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Have you seen that happening? Where people are worshipping Mother Earth and trying to save the planet and save things and and they put the life of of animals over the life of people, that happens. And the reason it happens is because people have taken God out of their theology, out of their thinking. They've refused to admit that God's the creator, that God did this. And what, what he's saying here is they are without excuse. In other words, he's saying anybody with any sense ought to be able to walk outside, look around, take your time. Get a telescope or a microscope. Look at what's out there, and everybody should come to the conclusion, somebody did this. You may not know who it is, but at least you should know this didn't just happen. just not an accident. Somebody is behind this. Somebody, and that's what the Bible says, is they are without excuse. If they can't look around, and did you know we found lost tribes that have never had any contact with the West, they've never had any modern education, and all of them believe in a great spirit. None of them are atheists. You've got to have 100 years of higher education to be an atheist. Why? Because it takes a long time to educate the common sense completely out of your mind. Because anybody should be able to say, uh, uh, somebody did this. If I had a picture on my wall, if you came into my house and there was a work of art on my wall, and you said, where did that come from? Who did that? And I said, oh, nobody did it. It just happened. When did it happen? Oh, I don't know. There was just, just this explosion, and, and, and there it is. You'd go, oh, come on. Who did it? It's taken all these years of higher education for people to quit asking who did it. And frankly, I'm a little bit tired of Discovery Channel shows giving evolution credit for what God did. In the beginning, God Created the heavens and the earth. I like that. God did it. I was. Shopping for a house in Tulsa and I went to this place and to this house that I found on Zillow by myself. I didn't have a realtor because I found it. So I just wanted to look at it and I'm looking at this house and the neighbor comes out. And he's a nice gentleman and he asked me, you know what I was doing there and I told him I'm looking at this house and he began to show me around the house and I wasn't there two minutes till he wanted to know what I did and I don't like to tell people what I do especially if I'm just trying to shop or something because it gets weird it just gets awkward you tell people you're a preacher and they're like oh (laughs) well that usually they either cuss or they'll quote scripture you know it's it's it, they'll do something out of the ordinary. You tell them, I'm pre- and I don't like to do. It, but I thought, well, you know, I may be living here, so I should tell him. So I said, I'm a preacher, and he goes, "Oh," and I couldn't tell if that was a good "oh" or I could not tell. It was a very neutral response, and and so we went ahead and looked at that. And he kept asking me, you know, about my family and. He was screening me is what he was doing, and I didn't realize it, but he wanted to know, who, who is this that might buy this house? So we kind of finished our tour, and I was getting ready to go, and he says, well, I hope you like the house. I'd like to see you move in here. I said, well, we love the neighborhood, and I, we would be so happy to, to live in this home and be your neighbor as long as you don't mind living next to a preacher. And he said, oh, no, I don't mind at all as long as you don't mind living next to an atheist. I said, What? And he goes, "Yes, I'm a scientist, so I'm an atheist." And I was dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. I had never seen an atheist in the flesh. I'd seen them in zoos, you know, in, in in cages, but not never never in their natural I in fact I didn't think Tulsa had any. What would, I, what would he be doing in Tulsa? Oh, in Tulsa? Rama's in Tulsa. God lives in Tulsa anyway it 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 was it was shocking. I got in my car i didn 't- res- i had no response i was so I left and i never thought i never forgot about it i kept thinking he 's a scientist and he 's an atheist and he he doesn't believe in god and and he 's saying that because he 's a scientist, he has to be an atheist so I was confused, so I looked up science <laughs> i didn 't know what that meant. Why does a scientist have to be an atheist and so uh and so I looked this up. Let me just tell you what I found, if I can get this to open. Science, the definition of science, is is knowledge about or study of the world based on facts. learned through, listen, experiments and observation. So I, I know the position they take is you can't prove there's a God, so therefore we don't believe him. And so I, I thought, well, you know... Uh, That's a shame that he feels that way, but I'd like to ask him some questions. Now I'd like to go back. I didn't get the house, so I'd never seen him again, but it didn't get me to quit thinking about it. I'd love to go back and sit down with him and say, okay, Mr. Scientist, you are a scientist. You come to conclusions based on experiments and observation, and you want me and everybody else in the world to believe with all of our heart there is no God and that everything happened by chance. Can you please go back with me to the beginning and give me your version of exactly what happened when there was nothing? Go ahead. Well, there was nothing. And then all of a sudden, through no reason that we know of, there was an explosion. And out of this explosion came everything. And at one point, a living cell came from inanimate matter and that cell began to divide and develop and what they do is they get you hung up in millions and used to it was millions and millions of years of evolution you know what it is now hundreds of millions of years of evolution and they tell you that because they think you know a lot can happen in a hundred million years But I don't want to talk about the 100 million years. And I know you found fossils. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And I'm happy for science. I love science. How many of you like what science has done? And I'm happy about that. And I don't want to cross the line from faith, which is what I do, to science, which is what they do. But they've crossed the line from science to faith. You know why? Because they can't go back to the beginning and tell me that it happened with a big bang that came out of nowhere for no apparent reason and accidentally all of us came into being. They can't say that. With certainty and they do they don't even call it a theory anymore they say it was certainty but they cannot because that's not science why because nobody was there to observe it and nobody was there to experiment with it and nowadays if you ask them go to your laboratory and make something living have you ever made a living cell out of matter have you ever seen it happen you ever heard of it happening. You ever, can you, can you make it? No, they can't make it happen. They've never seen it happen. Are there any laws in science that would, that would back up this, this transition from nothing into complete precise order? Anything? No. In fact, that goes against the laws of science. And I do want to weigh in on the accident part because I have had my share of accidents. And I would say it's up in the upper 90% range. You have an accident, things get worse. And I've never had an accident that produced a universe. And so I would would ask him over and go back again. No, no, I don't want to talk about fossils. I don't want to talk about species in the beginning. Go back to in the beginning and re- tell me that again. Because my, my, my version is, is, is simple. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth that's why the earth supports life that's why there's precision in the universe that's why gravity keeps us on the ground without crushing us that's why the sun is just far enough away to keep us warm without frying us and that's why the moon goes around and the tides come in and out and that's why the birds fly through the sky and that's why there's trees i've got an answer and it makes more sense than all of their answers combined and no more we should we ever be intimidated Listen, it's absurd. It's time somebody said it. Unless you think I've gone off on a tangent. Let's go back again, Mr. Scientist. Tell me again. So there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Start from there. Somebody told me this story about these scientists that got together, and they said, we have discovered how to produce life. We've discovered how to take inanimate objects and make life out. And so they met with God, and they said, we don't need you anymore. We have discovered how to take uh, inanimate matter and make life out of it, and we can go from there, and we can create the human race. And he says, okay, well, show me. So they reached down and took some dirt, and he said, no, 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 use your own material. I'm talking about in the beginning. There was no fossils. There was no mutations. There was no primordial soup. There was nothing. Go ahead, start from there. Well, there was a big bang. Where did it come from? Can you make one? And I'm the idiot. Am I the one that doesn't have any mentality? Am I the one that's stuck in the past? Am I the one believing in a fantasy and you want to tell me that for no reason and for nothing out of nothing an accident happened and now you're alive? Don't insult my intelligence. What that does is it, it demeans human life. It It robs us of our dignity and our destiny and it makes us nothing more than animals that have gotten on the front end of the evolutionary curve. Nothing is more degrading to hum- human life than to believe that we all came from a single cell. If that's true, we better save the planet. Because this is all there is. And we're just lucky we got here. How can anybody believe that? Listen, it takes more faith to believe that than to believe Genesis 1:1. And see, here's the, here's the issue. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And most cultures do. But our culture has found a way to tell our school children in elementary school that this was just an accident and there was no divine intervention whatsoever. And that insults me. But what's worse than that, it causes our young people to stop looking for God and if they aren't looking for God, and if they don't believe that there is a God, they'll never find him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's where the gospel message starts. Are you with me today? Say, well, it's just a difference of opinion. No, there are big consequences when people choose to believe there's no God. It opens the door for everything we're seeing today today in the news are you with me now listen i read romans 1 let's just let's just go back there verse 25 who exchanged the truth of god for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever now go to verse 28 and this is really the crux of the matter it says even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge and that's really the the issue they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. They're looking for a reason not to believe in God. They, they didn't want God in their knowledge. And so he gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. When you eliminate God, listen, when you take God out of the, the equation... Then, then it's just us. Then your opinion and your idea of right and wrong is just as valuable as somebody else's. There's nobody to step in and settle the arguments. Are you with me? And then everything's debatable. Everything. Morals, standards, definitions, the definition of marriage is debatable. And then you end up having our courts filled with hopefully intelligent people Spending our money trying to decide where some individual is supposed to go to the bathroom. And I'm the idiot. Are you with me? You got our courts arguing with a straight face over where somebody's supposed to use the bathroom. The men or the women. Or other. Are you kidding me? Is this a joke? Did I go to sleep and wake up and the world lost its mind? I'll guarantee you, a Nebraska farmer could solve that problem in about thirty seconds. We could spare the courts. Are you with me? But when you don't believe in God, then everything's debatable. Everything the definition of human rights who uh, plants i mean you're just an evolutionary product, so uh, a tree has as much rights as you do and a and a and a fish. Or snail has just as much right as you do because we're all on this planet together and none of us should have been here and we need to take care of the planet. But when you understand God did it, God created it, and God made us last and he made us in, a, in his image and after his likeness, you realize that, that, that God loves people. And we are not, as they so commonly say, the human animal. That just makes me mad. The human animal. Are you kidding me? We're made in the image and the likeness of God. Right. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge, so they believed other scenarios that didn't include God. And He gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Verse 29 Listen to what happens when you remove God. They're filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. Anybody like murder, strife, and deceit? Anybody like that? Is that helpful to society? That comes in the door when you refuse to believe in God. See, it's not just a difference of opinion. When you take God out, his laws, his standards, his definitions are also removed. And then men can come up with their own idea of right and wrong, their own standards. And it's always evil. Because the only way out of sin is Jesus. The only way out of bondage and deception and being controlled by the devil is the deliverance that comes through Jesus Christ. And if you don't accept that and you don't accept God, then you're you're simply a a tool, a pawn. Listen to these words. This, is, this describes what, what's going on in our world today because our world now is being run by people who don't believe there's a God. The whole world. And, and, and it's, it says maliciousness, full of envy, strife, murder, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. This is a long list. So, and now how did all this start? When they refused to retain God in their knowledge. This isn't just a difference of opinion, folks. It's a worldview, and it has consequences. So what are you saying? I'm saying it's up to us to put God back into the modern day thinking. It's up to us to be not ashamed of saying, in the beginning, God. God created, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. It makes more sense than what they're saying. Even if they have degrees and they can say it in a different way and they use big words, I don't care. This makes sense. God did it. They're undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. That is a very long, devastating list of symptoms that our world's dealing with right now. You are important. What we have, what we know, and what we've been called to do is the most important task. It's more important than a political party. It's more important than than the economy. It's more important than nation building. What we're here to do is to preach the gospel. And it starts with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can you say amen to that? Then, if you go back, let's just go back to Genesis are you getting anything out of this? Genesis, if we go back there and um, let's see, go back to um, after God made the stars, then verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. And God created the great sea creatures and every living thing which moves with which the waters abounded. According to their kind. Everybody say according to their kind. What does that mean? That means God made animals the way they are. He didn't make one cell and say, now now let's see you develop. Uh, Verse 22 And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, verse 24, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, the cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. That means God made cows cows. They didn't come from goats or something less. Then God said, verse 26, then God said, Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. I like that. That's a mandate that God gave to to people, that God gave to us. That literally means to subdue it, means to use all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. In other words, when you understand that God created the earth, you understand that God did that with the foreknowledge that we would be here. And God put things here for us to use, not to worship, but to use. He says here, take dominion. Subdue it, fill the earth. In other words, if you, if you take the Genesis account of creation, everything that's put here, if the universe was put here for the earth, then the earth in all of its fullness was put here for man. It, it, and this goes against the modern notion that the whole universe would be one happy place if it wasn't for you, you filthy, selfish Americans. That's the imp- is that not the impression? Do you know that that comes from the spirit of the age, the God of this world? And it's a direct rejection of this mandate that God gave mankind. In other words, he said, you come, you go to the earth, you multiply, you fill it, you subdue it. You take dominion, eat what you need to eat, drink the water, burn the, f- the fuel, spend the gold, buy a house put in a driveway, mow the yard. Did you know those are good things? Take dominion, subdue it, use it. God likes development. Did you know all this development and all these breakthroughs we've had in technology that make life better for us came from God? It didn't come from the devil. The ability to turn gasoline and coal into energy, into electricity, that came from God. The ability to fly in an airplane, it came from God. God's responsible for a a whole bunch of global warming. His carbon footprint is huge. You see what I mean? And when you resist that, when you come against that, the, the, what it is, it's is—it's—it's just, just the spirit of the Antichrist trying to roll back progress that God has clearly given man the right to do. And when you understand that God created the heavens and the earth, and you know the character of God, he's a God of abundance. He didn't create anything that wasn't It was going to run out? Because the difference between our worldview and their worldview is this. What God's done here is temporary. It's not going to last forever. It's not supposed to last forever. God's going to end this. In their minds, we shouldn't have even been here. We are just so lucky that that cell came out of nowhere and turned into us. Yippee, we better save the planet because this is it. No, this is not all there is. There's another earth and another universe coming. God, Jesus has completely paid the price. And we're just here temporarily. And one day, this is all going to be over, and the Lord's going to burn this up. And when he does, there's going to be water left that nobody drank. There's going to be gold left nobody found. There's going to be oil that nobody burned. There's still going to be ozone. Now, global warming, that that is going to happen. But it's not. Where they got it wrong, it's not man-made global warming. God's going to destroy this whole creation by fire. When you realize that the God of abundance has created all this, and put you realize we're not going to run out. You're trying to solve problems that don't exist. If, if we don't watch it, these people are going to start rationing air. You're going to have to take a half a breath, not a full breath, just a half. I mean, I, you see this creeping in, and, and and then there's all these motives behind it that you can't trust. And I'm not trying to be, I don't want to be angry, and, and I'm not. I'm just trying to point out things that are anti-Christ and anti-God, and, and the results of, of, of this kind of thinking is all of those evils that I read about. It's so important that we put God back into the discussion and give our young people a chance to believe in God again. And stand up for the truth and not feel like we're some kind of uneducated religious nuts if we believe God did it. That makes more sense than anything I've heard yet. I've been in hotels for all these years. I stay in hotels and and, and, and I saw this change in the hotels. And and uh, I, I remember one time, I mean, you pay money and they and they have maid service. They come up and they do your room. I don't know what they call it, but they'll come up and they make the bed and they give you new towels. The new sheets or whatever. And and so I was out somewhere, and, I, and, it, and my room didn't get done. And I, so I called the front desk. And he said, well, you didn't make the room up. They said, well, you didn't leave the card out. I said, what, what card? I never leave, let the card out. They said, the card. I looked all over. I couldn't find it. They hid it. They hid the card. So I went down, and I got a card. And the card says, if you leave this card on the, on the right side of your bed, on the pillow, on the upper right-hand side, between the hours of 7 a.m. and 8 a.m., we will you know something like it. we will clean your room if you don't no nah. too bad and 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 then they go on and say millions of gallons of water wasted every year by people like you in hotels like this so you cannot put the card out and we won't change your room and you can reuse the sheets in fact you go in the bathroom now it's plastered with cards Reuse your towel. Hang it up. Use it again. Millions of gallons of water are wasted every year by people like you who use water and then they rewash their towels every day. A fresh towel every You greedy, selfish, pig-headed American. Can't you use the towel again? And It's like, well, I've been paying for this for years and it included towels, but evidently now, I mean, so... But it dawned on me, how come every time I conserve, it saves them money? That's kind of funny, isn't it? I just wonder how interested in water they really are. So I've come up with a plan. I'll sleep on my bed all week and make it up myself. And you give me $10, $10 a day, I'll make my own bed. I'll use my own towel and I'll hang it up and reuse it, five bucks. Let's save the planet together. You know what I'm saying? Millions of gallons of water. But you know what about the millions of gallons of water? It's here. It's for us to use. Our father put it here and he knew we would discover it. And it's going to be here, and it's not going to run out, and people aren't going to starve to death, and global warming is not going to melt the polar ice caps and drown everybody, and an asteroid from outer space isn't going to collide with the earth and knock us out of our orbit, and there's not going to be a nuclear holocaust where Russia kills America and America kills Russia. Why? Because God created the heavens and the earth, and he will finish it. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha, and I'm the Omega. You know, it just makes a lot more sense to believe God, to trust God, to relax in the fact that God knew what He was doing, and He put all this stuff here for us to use. It makes God happy when you develop, when you put in a flower bed, or put in a driveway, or build a house. We're supposed to do that. We're not supposed to be living in caves. You can't go back anyway. You can't... You can't ride a bicycle here and and you got to have a car. Did you know God knew that? He's built If you if you had a child, how many of you've ever had a baby and before you had the baby, you got a you made a baby's room. And you got it all ready for the baby. And then you went out and you got baby clothes and you got baby diapers and you got baby stuff and you got baby toys and you got it all before the baby even came. And the baby comes and they don't even know what all you did. But you don't care. You just do it for the baby. And the baby gets there. And, and the first time you go in and the baby's made a mess, you don't go, oh, that's filthy. This thing's going to ruin the planet. Send it back. No, you go get a diaper that you bought and you stocked and you have got plenty of them and there's more of them and you'll be able to buy more diapers than you need because you knew the baby was going to make a mess and that's all just part of, the, that's part of it. Do you think God had that much forethought? Don't you think God knew we'd make a mess? He's already factored it all in and it's all going to be okay. It's just like the devil to get humanity to try to solve problems that don't even exist while ignoring the real problem, which is sin. And that has a real solution. They're out there looking for aliens when they ought to be looking for God. (laughs) They're never going to find an alien. That's just going to be a continual search. But if they sought God, you could find him. And that'll make a difference in your life. Can you see the devil behind some of this? To keep people blinded, to keep people lost. We're the light. We're the answer. We're, the, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. And it's time we got more salty. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It makes more sense than anything else I've ever heard. I'm going I'm going to close here but let me just tell you I saw this scientist on TV and they said what is the origin of life and the scientist says well we believe that it could have happened this way that geysers deep in the ocean floor they're spewing out water rich mineral rich water from the bowels of the earth and they come up through these geysers and we believe that a living cell could have come up through that Guys are in that water and fed from those minerals and then grown, and here we are. And I'm thinking, you can go anywhere on this planet and find life. Just about anywhere you go, there's life, except deep in the bowels of the earth. That's nothing down there that's alive. It's all dead. And you want me to believe that we came from there? Nothing can live there. Well, that doesn't matter. Because they had another scenario. It's like, wow, you didn't even let that one sink in. And then they said, or it could have come from an asteroid from outer space, from another planet that had life on it. And living cells were caught in the middle of this asteroid. And it flew through space. And it eventually came through the atmosphere of Earth. And it crashed on the ground. And it broke open. And out came the living cells. And they began to divide and multiply. Here we are. And I'm thinking, you've had a hundred years, and that's the best you can come up with? I mean, it doesn't answer anything. Where did the living cells come from that were on the other planet? And how do they get in the asteroid and survive through space? And and, and then my question would be, isn't that how Superman got here? I mean, isn't it? And I'm the idiot. You're talking comic book stuff and this is serious this is life this is the origin of life and you want me to believe that i'd much rather believe that in the beginning god in the beginning god it sounds better every time i say it in the beginning god created the heavens and they can argue about all those millions of years of fossils all they want but i'm talking about in the beginning God started it. God started this. God had a plan. The whole universe was put in in place to support life on the earth. The earth was put here and all of the plants and animals were put here and last and most importantly, man then was put here. So this whole planet was formed to support human life. Are you with me? The universe is here for the earth. The earth is here for man. Now, let me give you the good news. Why is man here? Why are we here? Oh, they'd like to make you think you're just a speck in this vast universe. And your life could be snapped away, just at any moment by an asteroid from outer space or a nuclear missile from Russia. Or global warming. Or in my my day, it was the ozone hole. Because you use too much hairspray and deodorant. And the ozone hole is going to get so big, you're going to fry. Remember that? You selfish American. But when you read Genesis, it all makes sense. So why is man here? Now, this is not science. This is philosophy. Did you know you were going to get a science lesson and a philosophy lesson in the same day? It's all in the same book. Why is man here? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? To be or not to be? Why? I can answer that. I've read the book. It answers all these questions. You know why man is here? One word. Love. Love. See, before there was anything, there was God. And God, before time began, was a father. And a father wants a family. And God decided, I want children that I can love, that I can bless, that I can share my wealth with, that I can commune with. I want a family. And all of this is put here because of that dream, because of that desire. And all the devils and all the movements and the political movements and all of the theories out there will never change the fact that we're here because God loved and wanted somebody to love. That's the best news of the day. Love was the motive behind it. God didn't put us here to see what would happen. He didn't put us here as some cruel experiment to see how much he could torture us. God put us here to love us. And the duty of mankind is to come into consciousness on this planet and seek and find God. That is your number one obligation. This is exactly why big segments of our society don't want to accept the fact that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Because if you say there's a God, then you're admitting your whole existence is, is, is based on God. God made it possible for you. Now you've got to find out what he wants and they're afraid of that whole they don't want to know. Listen, I found him and I know what he wants. And it's the best kept secret in the world and we have got to get it out. So what does he want? Let me tell you what he wants. He wants to save you, he wants to forgive you, he wants to heal you, he wants to take care of you, he wants to bless you, he wants to love you and he wants to take you to heaven with himself forever and ever and ever. That's what he wants. And you want to deny that He exists? Not, in my, not on my watch. There is a God. And He so loved the world that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. So we, even though we'd fallen away, even though we had totally betrayed His trust and gone into sin, through Jesus, God made it possible for each one of us to fulfill our destiny. See, what is your destiny? Is to be a child of God. That's what it is. That's God's dream. That was God's plan. Now listen, let me make it real simple. You read the news. You watch what's going on. It's crazy. There's nations going and up and down. People getting nuclear weapons. There's all this rhetoric happening in our own country. The division is, is deafening and, and all of these things. But listen, through all this, you know what's going on right now? You know what's really happening? And it started in the beginning. God is building a family. And you know what's going to happen in the end? All this is going to be gone. All these nations, all this whining and crying and fighting and struggling, it's all going to be gone. The planet, the the water, the air, it's all going to be gone. But you know what's going to be left? God and his family. That's what's happening right now. God's building a family. And you are a very important part of that process. Why? First of all, because you're one of them, of his family. How many of you know that's secure forever? Secondly, you're God's link to the world. And if they're going to know, it's because we're going to have to tell them. So I wrote a book called Good News. I want to get the message out like never before. I don't care what political party somebody's in. I don't care where they were born. I don't care what nation they came. I don't care about all that. Do you want to know God? Do you want to find your destiny? Do you want to step into and do what you were born to do? See, so What is that? Be a child of God. Isn't that great? Does that make you happy? Listen, the good news is so good. The bad news doesn't matter. well, I've made a lot of mistakes. It's not going to matter. You're still going to heaven. Yeah, but I got a lot of regrets. Yeah, well, you won't regret them then because he's going to remove every tear from your eye. There's not going to be anything left of this old life. And God's going to get his family because you know what? Nobody stops God from getting what God determines to get. And he didn't give up on us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when you look at the trees and the sky, you look at the grass in the field, and you reflect and look at the stars at night, it's so, it makes it so personal when you realize, you know what? All this is here because God loves. More specifically, He loves me. Isn't that great? That's philosophy. We figured out philosophy. We've figured out where we came from, how we got here. That's, those are big questions. Those, And we know where we're going. You get that settled and you've got an anchor in the past and in the future. And you can navigate life. And you can live with purpose because your worldview is accurate. You get all that from the Bible. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes for me, with me for just a moment. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are and for helping us to know it. Let us be witnesses, not just with our words, but also with our actions. Let us be happy and joyful and positive because our future is secure in you. Help us to influence those around us the way we should. We're so grateful to know the things that we know. And to understand the things we understand. Such a privilege and an honor to be in your family. We give you praise, glory, and honor for that today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we want to invite you back tonight. There's a couple of things I'd like to do. But I want to do what i call pursuing revival and the way we present this and i've been doing this for a couple years now in various places but are you tired of worrying about the future of our country and the problems that became have become so real and so pressing and are you ready to do something about it i mean we really can do something about it and uh if 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 the lord doesn't change it what i'd like to do is give you some revival stories some history and show you what god's done in the past even in our own nation and with the idea that god's done it before he can do it again That's right. and then spend a few minutes just saying lord do it here lord do it now our prayers make such a difference and so we'll just i know you're praying on wednesday nights this is not something that i'm this is a movement god is raising up prayer warriors and people that want to make a difference we won't stay long but I want to cover some points and then I want to get together and pray God's really given me that to do at this time and uh, we'll just do that together tonight if and we really invite you to come encourage you to come and it doesn't take long you get a lot of people together you can just pray and hit some things in prayer and you leave going wow that worked something's going on because we took a stand And it's one of the most effective things you can do right now as a Christian. Amen. It's a whole lot better than complaining and worrying. Really gives you something to do that's proactive. uh, Because when people pray, God moves. Amen. Amen. Pastor, would you come?